You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. Um, we're in a series called Daring Faith, and uh, a key to miracles, it's a, and it's a life group series we're in as well. But today, uh, you know, someone kind of joked, uh, Pastor uh, one of our pastors is preaching on college road. They go, the last time I preached, there was like seven points. It was hard and 35 minutes to get through. And he says, there's only two. I'm thinking like, I, 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 made it, I didn't make it easier on you. Um, but today, I want to look at a story in the Old Testament and draw some principles, some biblical f- principles on faith commitment from there. Or what does it look like to have commitment for faith? How many of you guys want God to do miracles in and through you? Raise your hand. You want that. How many of you guys need that? Okay, I, I don't know about you. I need miracles. I need God to do things. I, I have things I pray for. I have needs like you have needs and you have areas you're praying for and people you're praying for and maybe it's your physical health and different areas. And so I want to look at a, uh, the story of Elisha. And the reason I think this is an important story is Elisha was just a normal guy. We'll read in a few moments. He was just the son of, of a farmer. And uh, God used him to do great things for God. How many of you guys believe it doesn't matter where you come from or who, what your last name is or, or what your bank account statement is or what high school or college you graduated from or what your degree program is? Um, how many want to know you can have a PhD or you can have a power healing and deliverance ministry without a PhD, but it's still a PhD, right? Um, and, and God uses people. And now Elisha, he's an Old Testament prophet, lived in the ninth century. You'll, you'll see his stories in Second, uh, uh, Second Kings, it kind of unpacks Elisha. He followed another prophet called Elijah in First Kings. And, and you'll, you'll see that in First Second Kings, First Second Samuel, First Second Chronicles. That's when Elisha was around. Elisha, uh, minister of the ninth century BC, which was when the, uh, the t- 12 tribes of Israel split and there was 10, uh, uh, 10 northern kingdoms and two southern kingdoms. And, and there was, uh, they, they were worshiping Baal prophets or Baal. And they, they, there was a, if you, if you think our culture is pretty bad today, read the Old Testament. I'm telling you right now, uh, a godless people have always had a problem figuring life out. And then they trust human leaders to help them and it doesn't, how many want to know there's not a human in this world that can fix our planet? But Elisha uh, uh, was, was, uh, was called to be a prophet. We're going to read about his call today. And a prophet had a huge responsibility. They they, they counseled kings. They gave wisdom and insight because they, they spoke on behalf of God and God spoke to them and they were able to say, this is what God is saying. And, and I believe that God wants to raise up a church in our culture that hears God's voice and says, this is what God is saying to our culture. This is what God's saying to our community. Uh, uh, they counseled kings. They performed miracles. They spoke on behalf of God. And so Elisha, his story, I want to look at it. Now, here's the thing about Elisha is... Um, Elisha was just doing normal stuff when God called him. Let's, let's, if you have your Bibles, go with me. It's also going to be on the screen here. If you have uh, the, the Bible app downloaded, you can watch follow along with live events as well. And the notes are there. But in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, let's read this story about this normal guy. It says, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, <clears throat> the son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. And so let's just pause here for a second. I, I grew up on a farm, and I grew up in Tillamook, Oregon. In fact, I just uh, flew home last night. I had a chance to go down and spend a few days with my parents who are, who are aging and getting older. And, and uh, in my, my uh, 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 
you know, in Tillamook, Oregon, at some point, at one point, when my dad sold his cows, there was 200 dairy farmers, 200, cow, 200 farms. Now there's 50. And what that means is the farms have just gotten bigger and they have, you know, they're milking more cows and the barns get bigger and how, how they do farming changes. And that's just called, that's just called corporate America, right? Things change over time. Um, but, but this is Old Testament. Th this family had 12 yoke of oxen. I don't know if you understand that. This is like a corporate Old Testament farm here. You got 12 plows, you got 24 cows. These guys, you, you don't have 24 cows and 12 plows if you don't have land to plow. These guys were landowners. These guys had some means. They had some, uh, 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 they, had, they had outgo, they had income, they had all that. And uh, there's 12 yoke of oxen. And I, I know the dad had to pay 11 people probably to plow, but he probably got his son on the cheap because that's what most farmers get. They get their son on the cheap, okay? How do I know that? Because I grew up on a farm and I, my dad got me cheap. Um, how many of you guys have a family business? And how many of you guys have your kids do some stuff and work some overtime and they, they don't always have a chance to complain because it's just what we do, right? Uh, and it goes on and says this, Elijah went up to him and through his cloak, Elijah was an older prophet, and he comes to Elisha, who's the son of a farmer, throws his cloak upon him, around him. And Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said, and then I'll come to you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Now, that's a, that's a good old Angus right there, okay? How many of you guys want an Angus barbecue today? How many of you guys are okay with that, okay? You know, put, put it in your pit boss, get some smoke coming. How many of you guys, I, I, I'm already getting some of you hungry. First service, they already had breakfast. It doesn't matter. Um, it says, he burned the plowing equipment, cooked the meat, gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he sent... Then he sent out to follow Elijah and came to his servant. I want to focus on the thought... He's, he's plowing. Anyone ever plowed? Any, anybody ever plowed before in here? Okay, a couple, there's, there's a couple. Any, the two, three of us have our hands raised. Plow. Now, back on the, I, I don't know if you, you know, plowing's not fast work. You know, back on, back on, you know, we had a single bottom plow and you put that on the back of the tractor and it would just turn over one furrow and you'd drive down and you'd turn around and you'd drive back and all day long you're going out and back. This guy's, I mean, he's, this is oxen powered, I mean, plowing, okay? They, they, this is, they, there was no air conditioned tractor cab. <laughs> my, 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 uh, my older brother, Carl, he's got these tractors now that like there's a GPS the push a button and it'll drive the route for you on that tractor. You don't miss anything. There's not like three feet like, oh, that guy was on up in Instagram or TikTok and he missed planting corn right there, you know. Um, th there was none of that. When you were plowing with an oxen, you're holding that plow, pushing that thing down as the oxen are walking. And all day long, you get up in the morning and the first thing you look at is an oxen rump. An hour later, view hasn't changed. It's still an oxen rump. Four hours later, it's still an oxen butt. Now, if you don't know what that looks like, I thought I'd show you real quick. It looks like that. Could you imagine all day long? <laughs> and that's if they don't have a digestive problem. 
I grew up on a farm, and when if a cow has an upset stomach, it's like when you have an upset stomach, okay? And if they cough and you're behind, you don't want to be behind that thing if that thing coughs. I just want to say that right now. But all day long, and, 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 and you know, they're, they're behind there, and he looks up, and he sees a rump, and an hour later, he sees, anyone here ever just thought that nothing good will ever, how many guys are tired of the view you look at all day long? Don't raise your hand if you're married. I'm not talking about your spouse, but how many of us, I don't think Elisha, when he got up that day, was thinking like, oh, praise God, I get to, I get to plow and look at an oxen butt all day long, and then I get to go to bed, and I get to tomorrow and do the same thing, and the next thing, I got to do the same thing the next day. Anyone here, uh, uh, you want a miracle, but you don't want to look at the mundane. You, you, want, you want to walk in authority but you don't want to serve under a father who says, go plow. Well, I don't want to plow. I, I remember coming home from, you know, I'd, I'd come home from school and I was in, you know, elementary school. Dad, do I have to get the cows today? This was before my dad had a four-wheeler. Do you have to get the, yeah, no, you don't have to get the cows today. I don't, you don't have to, Mark, you. How do you know that? And here's Elisha, every day he gets up, plows, the next day he plows, the next day, and I don't know how long harvest was or planting was, but at some time you then wait for things to grow and then you got to harvest them and then you got to go plow it again and turn it over. Uh, uh, and, and so, but all I know is there's no such thing as fake plowing. You, you have to do the work and, and it's, it's not always easy. But, but here's what I know. At some point in life, no matter how passionate we started our event with or our life with or our project with or our job with, at some point, it's easy to lose passion when all you see is oxen rears. And there are some of you in here, we're talking about daring faith, faith for miracles. You're going like, Mark, all I do is get up and change diapers and do dishes. All I do is go up and I do the same job every day. There's maybe some of you in here that are going like, I, 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 miracles are great, but I see everyone else get theirs. But you know something? I'm just going to get up and do my, my job. And you're tired and you're lonely and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you're tired of other people getting a breakthrough. And, and, and you're just, you need yours, but you know it's probably not going to happen. And where I'm at in life, I'm not... And can I just say something? In the middle of the place called routine or mundane is when God showed up in Elisha's life and called him into something new. And I just want to speak to some of you today that go, you know, I, I don't know if I have the right credentials or the right background or the right church experience. I, I don't know if God can use me. And can I just say right now, if you're it, it, to whom little is trusted more can be given it just be found faithful where you're at with your hand on the plow right now and do the work ahead of you and not always be thinking about the next thing be faithful right now and 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 as you do that watch what god does it says elijah went up and threw his cloak upon him now you might say what in the world does that mean in the Old Testament, the cloak was the representation of, of the mantle of authority God had put upon Elijah, and God was telling Elisha, I'm going to put my cloak upon you. In other words, the, the mantle and the anointing God put on me is going to rest on you. And what he's saying is, I'll be your mentor. I'll be your coach. I'll be your sage on this, off the stage. I'll be the guide by the side. I'll come alongside. I'll help you. Um, and and, and what, what, who did God call? God called someone who is currently doing something that was mundane 
And he says, I want to anoint you. And there's two principles I want to look at. I want to look at, I want to look at Elisha's response and his commitment. Because I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced God wants to do miracles in your life in every one of us and has nothing to do with our background, our last name, what side of town we grew up in, our educational background, or if we're in the military or not. It has to do with how we've served right now and what God wants to do in the future for you. I believe that. Two principles of daring commitment, I want to call it. And I, I, I'm convinced as, as I walk through this story. See, he went from being a farm boy, uh, uh, plowing for his dad to being used and anointed by God. It says this, you don't, uh, uh, so two principles. Number one, you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. You don't have to understand it fully to obey it immediately. How many want to know? Uh, uh, obeying is, you know, when I tell, you know, how many of us are parents? Any parents in here? You tell your kid, uh, I want you to do that. And you go, why? I, you don't have to understand why I want you to do it. It's just you need to do that. Well, why? Just to obey. Put oil in the car for heaven's sakes, right? Um, but, but you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. It says this, Elisha then left his oxen. And ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother. Goodbye, he said, and I'll come to you. Notice he doesn't say, hey, wait a second here. Hey, Elisha, Elijah, before I go, could, could we sit down and could you kind of walk through a five-year plan with me real quick here? I, I kind of want to know. Um, I, 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 could you give me a week to look at the pros and cons? I want to throw past some mentors here. There are times. Now, I'm not saying having mentors in your life is not important because I have mentors and there's decisions I've made at getting the device and help from The Bible says not to go to, not to, go to war without much counsel. But there are times when God speaks to you and you know you should go. And some of us are, 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 are being held. The miracle's not coming because we're not, we're, we're too, we, we feel like we have to intellectually understand everything before we obey God. And there comes a time when you look at, the, in the book of Genesis, God called Abraham, he said, Go. And Abraham left his people, his tribe, his tongue, those he knew, went to a land he did not know, and God blessed him. Peter, Peter walked on water. How many of you guys want some water walking faith? You know, the word wasn't like, hey, you know, Peter, don't look down, uh, don't look around you, don't be concerned about the waves, just, Jesus said what? He said, come. And, and Peter stepped out and began to come, but then when he looked at the stuff around him, that's when he fell in the water. Sometimes you just got to go on the word God says. I want to encourage, maybe some of you in here are in a difficult place in your marriage and everyone's saying, you know, just it's over. Why, why even try anymore? But in the inner voice in the back of your head, you hear one word that says, stay. Maybe you got a doctor's report and you have every reason to be stressed, but you hear that one word that says, just trust me. Trust me. Or maybe you're here and you, 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 you fail, you, you're not able to conceive a child. Or, or maybe you're, you're older in life. There's a family first service that um, uh, they're, they're uh, uh, in their mid-50s, if not close to 60. And they just adopted five children because the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to them and said, go. And they didn't sit there and go, well, wait a second here. Um, you know, I adopted, my, my son's nine. He's going to be, <laughs> when he's 18, I'm going to be 60. He's going to walk across the platform at, at high school. And I'm going to be like, hold up, Fulton. No. <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard, Jay? Man. No. 
But, but if the Lord says adopt, there's times you just have to trust that God spoke to you. And you don't have to understand all the, you don't have to understand everything before you step out. See, I'm convinced there are some miracles God wants to do through you or for you, but, but when God speaks because you don't understand everything fully, you don't obey him immediately, and, and because of that, that, that miracle is, is not, I, I, or, or maybe you're here and you're dating the wrong person. And you don't hear one word, you hear five words. Dump that bum. Or four words. Three words. <laughs> Break up with that bum. Five words. There you go. And, and some of you, see, see some, some of you want a, a different type of, a, a, better, a better future, but you don't want to make the decisions to obey God today that will affect your tomorrow. When you hear God's voice, what is God asking some of you to do? So I'm convinced that the whole, if, you, if you're in your Bible, you read your word, and you're in small groups, and you're around other people, that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, and there's times he's going to speak to you, and it's not going to be convenient or easy, and it's not always going to add up up here, but here's what I know. You trust God when you can't trace God, and he'll fill the lines in. You trust him. When you can't trace him, he fills the lines in. I remember it was, it was uh, uh, right around this time, a little later in October here, I sat right here in this, in this first row of this seat here. It was uh, the end of October 2008. And I flew up to speak at a minister's enrichment here in Fairbanks, Alaska for the Assemblies of God Network. I was living in Las Vegas. I remember I showed up. My plane was late. It was snowing that day. Not that it ever snows in October in Fairbanks. Um, and I had, my, I had my, my, my shiny black leather shoes with, that were pointed on the end, and I had a velvet shirt, because that's what was in style in Vegas, and I soon realized I was overdressed for Fairbanks. But as I sat right there with my velvet shirt, God didn't judge me. The Fairbanksans might have, but God didn't. And I sat right there as our superintendent for the Assemblies of God was speaking to the, region, the ministers in our region, and he says, he starts talking about 100 villages in Alaska without a consistent gospel witness. And I heard God say, you're supposed to serve that man and lift his arms up. I'm thinking like, what does that mean? At the end of the weekend, he and his wife took me out for, for uh, dinner. And they said, Mark, we're looking for a district youth director for the state of Alaska. Would you be interested? And I'm saying like, I don't know. And my wife was actually there. She said, absolutely. <laughs> and he goes, why would you say that, Heidi? He goes, because if you'd hire a guy with velvet shirt and pointy black shoes, it must be God. I heard God, and I can tell you right now, I stepped away from $20,000 pay cut, moved up to a place that didn't have insurance when I was the district youth director. Uh, uh, God, God but, but, but here's what I did. I, I heard him, so I obeyed him. And it doesn't make sense. But here's what I know. It might not add up uh, in our mind, but it always lines up with the word of God. 
And the question I have for you is, if you're hearing God's voice, what is he asking you to step away from? See, see, I believe this. I believe that, that God, wants to, uh, uh, God wants you to uh, immediately obey him if he says to do something. That, and I believe God's calling some of you. For some of you, it might be sobriety. For some of you, it might be relationships. You got to cut off. For others, it might be, you know, you got to trust me in this faith decision to step out in this area financially or step out in this area in business. And, and you step out, you follow him and, and 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 again God picked the normal guy that was just doing the mundane and seeing oxen rears and God used him the second big idea as we look at this is the second big idea is this those God uses the most are the ones who hold on to the least those God uses the most are the ones who hold on to the least and I want to look at an old. I want to look at look at Elisha, but I also want to look at an old, a New Testament story. But it says this in First Kings chapter nineteen, verse twenty-one. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat, and gave it to the people. And they ate. And they sent out to follow Elijah and became a servant. He slaughtered the oxen. He burned the plows. He had the faith. I'll tell you, I think what this picture is, faith was the faith that I removed all my fallback options. See, there's some of us in this place, God do a miracle, and God speaks to you, and you go, well, I'm going to step out over here, but I'm not going to burn the plow or kill the cow, because I want to be able to come back to this if it doesn't work out over here. And how many times have we, have, we, have we trusted our ability to make decisions more than the guy, the God who spoke the world into existence and trust his voice and trust his plan? How many want to know? God knows us better than we know ourselves. And so here's, you know, what, what did Elisha do? Now, I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to listen to his dad's conversation. You're going to kill the cows? You're going to kill them? You worked hard to get those cows. What, what about your retirement? What about taking care of your wife and kids someday? What about your dreams? And, and Elisha's going, but dad, I, 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 I know God's called me and I got, I'm going to trust him when I can't trade. God, God, God's got me. Well, you, you want to have something to fall back on. And how many want to know falling back? Having, having a nest egg is great, but there's some of us that are so comfortable in life and have enough of a nest egg. We'd never step out into all that God has for us because it would take too much risk and, 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 and life's a little too comfy right now. Burn the plows and kill the cows. The yoke of oxen represented routine and represented security. The oxen, oxen, oxen represented income and financial security. And what's he do? He slaughters them. He burns the equipment. He, he has a barbecue and he removed his escape route. And I, I think God is asking us, what are we willing to give up if God asked us to go to the next level? What are we willing to give up? We want to see miracles. I, I remember um, there's a story in, in Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 8 of a man from the Gadarean area, and they call him the Gadarean demoniac. And he's a demon-possessed man. 
And the Bible says that the communities around him, that he was, their, he was their public enemy, number one. He was demon-possessed. He probably scared the kids. He scared people. So they would shackle him with chains, and they, and they, and they, and they would tie him, and they'd put him in the cemetery. Then Jesus uh, comes on a boat uh, over to the other side of the sea, and they get out, and a man with demons rushes to him and begins to talk to Jesus and said, you know, and the demons say, we know who you are. For we are many. It's amazing how, and, and so they interact with Jesus, and Jesus looks at the man, and, and he casts the demons out of this man. In fact, they said, we are legion, for we're many. They cast legions of demons out of this demon-possessed man who is public enemy number one, cutting himself, probably screaming, probably awake at all nights, probably a public nuisance. So they put him out in the back 40 at the cemetery, and now Jesus shows up, sets him free. He's in his right mind. How many of you guys would like to see that type of miracle where God sets a captive free and releases the oppressed? Cast demon out. This guy was demon-possessed, and now he's completely healthy in his right mind. Meanwhile, he casts the demons into a herd of pigs. And the pigs run, they jump into the, the Sea of Galilee, and they drown. It's the first time we've seen in the Bible that they had deviled ham. And the hired men go back to tell their bosses about the pigs. The bosses are upset. Now, here's the thing that's also unique. They're in, Jeru they're, they're in Jew 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 Jewish territory, and so there's Jews who are raising pigs, and they didn't believe pigs should be raised. So these people were people of compromise. And on top of that, you have hired men working for people they knew that were compromised. So why would... People work for someone they know is compromising probably because they don't want to be held accountable either, okay? So there's a cyclical prop pattern here, okay? But they go to the man and they say, hey, the, the, the pigs are gone. What happened? Well, this guy named Jesus cast the demons into the pigs. The pigs went and drowned themselves. They're dead. They're floating over there. And I, I quit. Can I get my paycheck? What I love about the story is that the owners of the pigs showed up to where Jesus was. They saw the man in his right mind. Look at me. They saw the man completely healed. They didn't say, thank you for solving our problem. They didn't say, wow, we didn't realize we'd come to you and you'd set the, the, the captive free. We had no idea. We didn't understand fully that you could set a demon-possessed man completely free. Thank you. This is awesome. This guy can go home. He can be a productive part of our culture and society now. You know what they asked Jesus to do? They asked Jesus to leave. Leave the area. Why? Jesus solved their problem. But in solving their problem, they realized it cost more than they were willing to pay. Their pigs are dead. They have no more income. So they ask him to leave. And I wonder how many of us want miracles and we want God to solve our problems, but not if it costs us too much to pay. There are some of you in here that your life could be transformed if you paid the price. It's going to be hard. Some times of loneliness because you're in the wrong pocket of people and the crowd you're hanging around and bad company corrupts good character, the Bible says. And you want to get off your drugs and alcohol and you want to get on, you want to on a different path in life, but you can't get on a new path hanging out with the old people. 
Last night, I hopped on a plane in Portland, Oregon. I flew to Seattle. I then hopped on a, a plane uh, uh, into Fairbanks. And I can tell you right now, the people that left Portland to go to Seattle that weren't coming to Fairbanks didn't hop on my plane because they weren't going where I was going. Only the people hopping to Fairbanks were on my plane with me. The problem is, do you know where you're going? Because if you know where you're going, it'll help you figure out what type of people you shouldn't have on the plane of life with you. They're going the wrong place. See, here's the thing. It's great to say, oh God, I want miracles, but you might have to burn some plows and kill some cows. You might have to do away with some things that, that are great on the side over here, but here's the deal. Don't ask God to solve your problem and not, it's gonna cost you some pigs. What's God asking some of you to do? I feel like today you can't do a series on faith without stopping and saying, hey, is the Holy Spirit asking some of you to step out in faith in an area of finances, an area of relationships, in the area of future income? Maybe you're an entrepreneur and God says, man, just trust me, step out. I don't know where you're at, but I know this. God wants to speak to you and do a miracle in your family, in your home, in your finances. But the reality is this. Those, the, those who don't give up much probably aren't going to gain what God wants to give you. There's a cost. You want to be his disciple, you have to, you have to you consider everything lost that I might gain, Jesus. And that's what Paul said. I considered all lost that I might gain him and know the power of his resurrection. Now today, I want to pray over you in a moment for those of you that maybe God's asking to take a step, faith risk. Because I believe some of you are on the verge of a miracle. I believe that with all my heart. But maybe you're here today, you don't know Jesus. You don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you slid off the trail and, and uh, you, need, you, you need to get some spiritual blizzex back on your spiritual tires and, and get some traction and you're here you, uh, and you're far from God. We always say it this way at True North. It's as easy as A, B, C to know Jesus. A, admit you've sinned. We've all sinned. It starts by admitting, acknowledging, God, I, 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 I need to, I, I, I sin. I, I need you to take this from me. God, please forgive me. We acknowledge we've sinned. We, we believe that he died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. And lastly, we confess him as the Lord of our life. We admit, we believe, and we confess. There's an act of faith. Say, God, I'm trusting you with my life. God, will you forgive me? If you're here, you've never, you've never made that faith confession or you, you've lost, you, you've slid off the, the spiritual trail and you want to get back, I, I want to pray with you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room today? You're here and you're maybe you're far from God, you, you, but today you want to recommit to Jesus. Just pray this person as I pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, today I admit I've sinned and I believe you died on the cross to forgive me. Please forgive me for my sins today. I acknowledge you as the Lord of my life. I confess you as my Savior and my life leader. Help me serve you the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.